Everybody, welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. Hope you've had a fucking fantastic week. As always, I gotta find a new way to introduce this podcast, but that's what I'm going with. Hope you've had a great week. I have. It's been pretty well. It's been okay. Um, week-wise, it's been fine. Weather-wise, it's been fucked up here in Perth. I'm fucking over this winter. And I know I say it every fucking season, like summer, I miss the winter, winter, I'm just fucking longing for summer. But this has been a particularly fucked up winter here in Perth. Um, I think we broke like a 20 year record for rainfall uh, in July. And I always remember rain, I remember it being wetter over winter period, but not this fucked up in July. It's been savage. Um, obviously, you. If you guys listen to this podcast, you might have heard last episode, the rain pouring down like fucking crazy. The same was happening earlier this week. I had a bunch of interviews I was supposed to do. just couldn't do it. It's one of those fucking uh, stupid ideas of mine to set this thing up outside, thinking it'll be uh, tame over the winter, like every other winter is normally tame. But this one just kind of fucked us up a little bit, set us off schedule. But we're back. It's a pretty sunny day today even though it was uh, belting down with rain earlier on. But the sun's out now, for now. And uh, we'll see how this thing lasts. What's been going on in your world, guys? Hopefully you've been able to play some music, make some music, listen to some music, all that sort of shit that we talk about here on the podcast. Um, I know I mentioned my horrible hair last episode. I think I'm going to commit to it, guys. I think I'm going all in. I think we're going to do this longer hair sort of thing. Not long hair like some fucking Darrow in an ACDC band. Even though the members of ACDC don't have long hair. I don't know what it is about their fan base, but they fucking love the long hair and the flannel. But that's just an Australian bogan thing. I'm not going that route. I'm going with kind of the emo douchebaggy kind of thing, I guess. Whatever. You know, if I get called a douchebag uh, too many times, I'll probably change. But for now, fuck it. I'll just rock and roll with it. But, you know, it's been that fucking Olympic week. The Olympics have started. I haven't chatted to you guys since the Olympics started. Have you been following it? Have you been having fun? Um, I caught the the opening ceremony one night, and that was pretty fucking epic. I was pretty impressed with the... um, Well, I'm impressed with a couple of aspects of the opening ceremony. Uh, Just the production itself is kind of cool. The shit they did with the drones, like forming some big light sphere... And then sort of morphing themselves into a map of the the earth and rotating around slowly, hovering above the stadium. That was pretty fucking cool. That whole fucking hive mentality AI bullshit um, that they can program these drones to do. Pretty impressive. Uh, also kind of looked... Well, it looked average on TV. They could have just CGI'd that in post. So I don't know if it actually happened live. Everyone says it did, but... Who the fuck knows? We're just watching this on TV. It could just completely be a fucking Hollywood botch job. But it is what it is. But I've been fucking loving watching the Olympics. It reminds me of being like like a kid and fucking... Usually the Olympics were like somewhere else that was a pretty far away time zone. So we could watch it live like all throughout the night and shit like that. I used to stay up all night as a kid and watch a whole bunch of random events. 
become an expert on sports I have no business trying to be an expert on. Sports that I've never even heard of and shit like that. But this year was different. This year is kind of cool. Like Tokyo's not too crazy time difference uh, for us here in Perth. A couple of hours or so. Which is kind of annoying because all the shit sports are on at night when I'm getting into bed. I ended up fucking watching uh, the women's softball last night. And, you know, this has got nothing to do with women or anything like that. But just softball itself. Like, what the fuck are we doing, guys? Like, this is just nerfed fucking baseball, right? Why don't we play baseball? Right? Fucking softball, Jesus Christ. Just, oh, I don't know. I felt like I could hit the ball better than these people. It was fucking, it was an atrocity, really. It's such a shithouse sport, but it just is. There's, that's not all sports, by the way. This is ones I caught last night. Fucking, I've been loving a lot of the shit that I've been watching that you don't get a chance to any other time of the year. Like, the fucking, oh, the gymnastics was on the other day. Oh my God, just blow my fucking mind how insanely strong these humans are, right? Just like the physical prowess of those, especially on the fucking Roman rings. Like, what the fuck? To be able to hold your whole body horizontal with nothing but sheer muscle strength and your poor ass fucking wrists gripping on for dear life. And then do some flips and then go back to that position without swinging at all on those ropes. Jesus Christ, it was blowing my fucking mind. But you know what would be more impressive than that? If someone fucking taller than six foot did it. Because you think it's all impressive, but then you see these gymnasts and they're fucking midgets. Like it's, I don't know, how, how hard is it going to be to hold 20 kilos fucking up like that? I don't know. But if someone over six foot was to do the rings like that, that's fucking impressive. I don't know. I'm, I'm impressed either way, obviously, guys. I'm just joking with that bullshit. But yeah, I've been fucking loving these weird-ass sports, pretending to be an expert on them, you know? Fucking, oh, I would have I would have judged him a little higher than that. Ah, uh, yeah, he got ripped off as if I fucking know. I don't know. It, it is what it is. But it got me thinking, there's a whole bunch of shit going on with the Olympics. I don't know if you guys have really been tracking this, like... Uh, obviously, that um, that uh, really great American swimmer got canned from the games for testing positive for fucking uh, marijuana or whatever. So she smokes a couple of joints or whatever. It's not a performance enhancer. It was pretty fucking retarded to kick her out of the Olympic squad because of smoking a few blunts. That doesn't really make sense. So I don't really know what the rules are with Olympians and the Olympic Village and stuff like that. Someone else recently just got fucking um, kicked off because they tested positive for cocaine. Can kind of see how that works, right? Cocaine, obviously, you're going to run a little faster, a little further. And uh, you're going to, I don't know, if there was a fucking Olympic sport about moving your jaw side to side, you'd be a contender. Um, But the guy was an equestrian. He's riding a horse. So I don't even know if it was him that tested positive for cocaine or the fucking horse. Because, you know, that like, imagine you're a horse and you've trained your whole life to be in the Olympics and then your fucking guy that just needs to sit on your back while you do your magic fucking has a big night the night before and ruins your Olympic dreams. What about the Olympic dreams of the horse, hey? Did he get fucked up partying and get some hookers around with some cocaine? I don't think so. Maybe. That would have been a party. Poor hooker. 
but it would have been a party, right? Um, so I don't even know. Like, does cocaine really matter for a fucking jockey or whatever you call them? What do you call those equestrian people? They don't really race the horse, but they kind of get the horse to do some stupid shit with the way it trots and stuff like that. Like, the nuance in that. Like, is that really a sport? We've got to rethink the fucking Olympics, I reckon, guys. we really got to have a cull of a bunch of sports and bring in some new ones that we actually give a fuck about. Because some of these things are fucking ancient, right? It's, you know, oh, let's throw a heavy piece of metal. All right, that obviously stemmed from throwing rocks, you know, and then we figured out a way to get metal and uh, who could throw this piece of steel the furthest or iron or whatever the fuck, right? And there's some of the spots that are like a, I don't know, in this day and age of fucking cultural appropriation and shit, I don't know if we should be throwing the javelin, you know? There's some people that have to throw javelins to survive and there's us making a mockery of their fucking way of life by just sort of like throwing it the furthest, not the most accurate. If you want to really make this sport accurate, set up some targets of some elk or some, some lions or some shit that you actually throw spears at rather than just judging the distance. The distance doesn't matter. It's about the accuracy, right? It's about how much meat you end up getting off the bone per throw. That should be the real measure of a, of a javelin, javelin competition. But who the fuck knows? It's, I don't know. It just is what it is, guys. Like, how many of these sports really make sense to you? Discus? How long has it been in your life since you've fucking held a discus? Remember in school they would bring out that fucking box of heavy-ass discuses? Or disci? Whatever the plural of discus is. And you choose the, the appropriate weight and you just try and do this stupid throw like there, there's a technique to it, right? But apart from that, there is no fucking... You know what? They should combine some of the sports, right? On one end, it should be the, the people throwing the discus. And on the other end should be the people with the fucking rifles shooting the clays out of the air. Right? Rather than getting a fucking machine to shoot clays and people shoot it, people... I don't fucking know, but some of these sports are fucking retarded. A little bit weird, but... I don't know what's going on with the, the Olympic camp, because they've tried to bring in these fucking um, anti-sex beds... I think they're calling them. These like cardboard bullshit beds that apparently are sex proof. So you can't have fucking sex on these beds because they don't want to encourage that sort of rambunctious behavior on the fucking uh, Olympic village or whatever. But oh my fucking God, if there's one group of people on the planet that don't need a bed to have sex, I reckon it's Olympic athletes, right? We just talked about the fucking uh, the gymnasts with the Roman rings. They don't even need the floor to have sex, right? They could hang off fucking anything for days and get their rocks off. Like, it, this is the most retarded policy I've ever heard of in my life. Whether you're going to try and stop them from having sex. Like, there's some athletes that need that release of sex to be able to perform well. Fucking talk to Mike Tyson about that bullshit, right? Uh, you know, you can get a bit aggressive, but w whatever. It just is what it is. So I don't know what's going on Olympics, but I am fucking enjoying it. There's not long left. We better revel in this. I mean, it's been five years since the last one. I know they're still saying this is Tokyo 2020, blah, 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 as if we've all forgot the date. We know it was delayed a fucking year. And so I guess they're going to try and catch up so the next one will still be 2024. I don't really fucking know. But shout out to skateboarding for finally making it to the Olympics, eh?
as a fucking growing up in the 90s skater piece of shit kid like I was, it was cool to see it in the Olympics. You know what? These guys aren't really like the Olympic athlete that you think of, but fucking skateboarding is a cool-ass sport. It's one of the only sports that actually has some fucking risk to failure. You know what I mean? Like if you're a swimmer, I mean, I guess the risk is that you can drown, but if you're swimming to train for the fucking Olympics, drowning is way behind you in your fucking training regime, right? You've gotten over that when you were five or six years old, yeah? And so, oh, you're just, you're a bit slower this time. That's the consequence for not performing well, is just you're a bit slower. But Jesus Christ, the consequences for fucking up a skateboard move is like serious concussion, maybe death, fucking all this sort of bullshit. Like, shout out the skaters out there who spent their childhood risking their fucking lives and their ankles, for Christ's sake, um, to get good enough at whatever bullshit varial 360 flips they're able to pull off. And get a gold medal for it, finally! Yeah, it was sick. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't watch the finals live. I was, I was working over the weekend, but fucking um, checked out everything when I got home. And uh, yeah, shout out to that Japanese kid that uh, took out the gold. It's wicked for the first time skateboarding's been allowed into the Olympics to have it won by the host city. That's pretty fucking fire. Good shout out, all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. Olympics are fun. I'm going to be enjoying the rest of this. Every night is go and see what the fuck's on and start watching and critiquing and uh, complaining in the case of the softball last night. I had to turn that shit off. It was fucking just horrendous to watch, but you never know. You never know. There's some sports that obviously some countries don't really take seriously, like the United States and basketball. Listen up, the United States. You should be fucking ashamed of yourselves for losing to France, eh? Jesus Christ, you guys are the NBA, and you put together some shithouse team that loses to a, some fucking European bullshit? Come on, guys. You could do a lot better than that, I think, if you could afford it. I don't think you can afford real basketball players for the Olympic team, right? These guys are getting fucking millions for, uh, I don't know, posing with shoes on Instagram or some shit. Why the fuck would they join the Olympic team and risk coronavirus? Over there in that fucking camp that you're not even allowed to have sex in. Yeah, it just is what it is, guys. Um, anyway, got tons of new music to talk about, guys. I have been working on a little bit. Not as much as I'd like to. I've been fucking busy back at work. It's one of the busiest weeks of my year um, as far as my work goes. So I uh, didn't get to do too much. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, but I did get to check out a fucking fair... Uh, We'll talk about three albums today. So, yeah, I checked out a bunch more, but we'll talk about three. Uh, a couple of new ones, a couple of, uh, well, one that's like a bit bit dated now, but it is what it is. I was asked to talk about it, so I'll get into that. But the first one I checked out, um, I'm not too sure where this came out. It might have been today. It might have been a few days ago. I'm not really too sure. Uh, but it's technically by the Foo Fighters. It's a Foo Fighters album. And the album's called uh, DG's slash Hail Saturn. Or Satan? I don't know. Satin? Satan. Satan? Satan. BG slash Hail Satan. <laughs> um, and also the Foo Fighters Live. So this is kind of like a weird album, guys. It's not really a Foo Fighters album. Like the first half of the album is like an alter ego of the Foo Fighters called the DGs playing a whole bunch of BGs covers. And then the second half of the album is a bunch of live recordings of songs from their 
latest album that was earlier this year, Midnight Express or something like that, I, I guess it was called. I can't really remember too much. I think we talked about it on the podcast. Um, so I could look through my notes, but I'm not going to. We're talking about this album today. And it was fucking fun. The BGs are fucking sick. Um, the falsetto, the harmonies, the, the orchestration, like they could write a fucking great track, the Bee Gees, right? And so I guess Dave Grohl's decided to do a bunch of cover songs with it. So it pretty much sounds like the Bee Gees. Um, Dave Grohl does an amazing job of the falsetto. He sounds spot on. It just sounds like the Bee Gees, but uh, with a little bit of um, distorted guitar every now and then. A little bit of rock guitar. So it's a fine little cover take of it, of everything like that. It didn't, I, I, I'm not going to say it's better than the originals because the Bee Gees are sick. The originals are fire as all the great songs are there. Um, you know, whatever comes to mind when you think of the Bee Gees, these songs are on this album. Um, but it's Dave Grohl doing it. And he sounds exactly like um, the Gibbs brothers or whatever, uh, doing his falsetto sort of stuff. And like I said, there's just a little bit of a, uh, distorted guitar in there nothing too revolutionary it's not like um like the in my mind probably one of the best cover albums that was ever made was um garage inc by metallica um i have that on vinyl <laughs> for some reason it's like four discs uh every single song on garage inc by metallica in my mind was cooler and better than the originals it, they just were. They were true to the originals, but they just had the Metallica grit and it just had a whole new life to all the new songs. This Foo Fighters album, not quite the same. I would still prefer to hear the, the Bee Gees version than these versions. But they are what are. And like I said, the second half of the album is just live studio recordings of... Live studio. I know it sounds like a contradiction, but recorded live in the studio um, of a bunch of tracks from their latest album. So... I guess that's just a little bonus for you or something like that. But it's fine. It's pretty cool. I don't know if you knew it was out there, but it's a Foo Fighters album called uh, DG's slash Hail Satan, Satin, um, and the Foo Fighters Live. Not too bad. Not too bad of an album. Um, pretty fun. It, it's one of those things to show people, like, oh, check out the Foo Fighters doing this BG's song, right? Oh, yeah. Fucking Saturday Night Fever or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it is what it is. Next album. Next album for you guys. This one's a, a bit different. I'm kind of going to jump all over the shop with genres with these albums, guys, because I don't know what to call the genre of the Foo Fighters, but I, well, I know, obviously, they're just fucking pop rock normally, but this album itself is a bit more on the poppy side with a little rock element. It's just fun. It's whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. And this next album is a fun album as well way in the pop sort of indie pop sort of spectrum uh the band is the jungle giants and the album is called love signs and it was pretty fun i was listening to it this evening and it was cool it was uh poppy it was hooky it had a bunch of cool vocals in it great production amazing production of this album everything kind of sit in this pocket very well and the harmonies all sounded good everything sounded just crystal clear perfect it's it's really really cool very well produced album um musically interesting uh, a little bit i don't know give it a six out of ten for musical interest i guess because there's nothing that really like made my ears prick up and go, what the fuck happened there? Oh, what was that chord? Or shit, what rhythm are they playing there? Like nothing, everything just was pocket playing. 
It was doing the job it needed to do to make the poppy sounds that it was making, and it sounded pretty cool. It was fun. It's one of those albums that you were like, I don't know, I guess a lot of the younger crowd might like it. Maybe something like that. I don't know. It, it got me thinking, like, these songs are good, but I can't imagine the person that has one of these songs as their favorite song ever. You know what I mean? Because every single song kind of sounded like a little bit like something else, but was kind of its own version. Like, there was nothing that's fucking screaming out to grab you be like, you're going to like this song. This song has its own identity. Nothing really did that to me. But, you know, I could be wrong. I should maybe listen to it again over the week. I'll see if the mood should strike me. It rarely does for these kind of um, pop sort of stuff. But it is what it is. And uh, so I hope you check it out. The album's called uh, Love Signs by The Jungle Giants. And I haven't checked out any of their back catalogue. But um, I might go into that. Because uh, I do like to see if a band's evolving over time and all that sort of stuff. And... You know, if I'm super surprised, we'll talk about it here on the podcast. Obviously, that's pretty much all I've got to talk about is music and shit like that. And uh, so so the last album I want to talk about, guys, this isn't as new as those other ones. Those other ones came out within this last week. So Jungle Giants brought out their album, Foo Fighters brought out their album, that's all in this last week. But this next album by the band uh, Pain of Salvation, this album was from like towards the end of last year. Right, August 2020, something like that. I don't know. They're a Swedish outfit. Um, their new album's called Panther. And a uh, friend of the podcast, Liam, asked me to check this out, recommended this one. Uh, so I thought I would give it a bit of a listen. And I've probably listened to it two or three times now, maybe two and a half, because I kind of skipped through some songs. But there's a lot of cool shit going on in this album, guys. Um, This is more in the prog rock sort of vein. Definitely not prog metal. It's prog rock. And it's prog rock that's also got a fucking, a bunch of um, sort of electronic elements to it as well. Uh, You know, some nice sounds with some synths, some pads, um, all that sort of nice sort of sampled stuff that kind of blended in super well with what they were trying to put across and... I got to tell you, I really enjoyed this album, guys. It starts off pretty fucking chaos as far as like um, rhythmic stuff goes. So it's like you, your internal clock has to be used to some some weird choppy stuff in order to appreciate it, I guess. Um, but the first thing that really stood out to me was um, the way the drums were recorded. Um, I don't want to say they were Saint Angerish, and here's here comes another fucking Metallica comparison. I'm sorry about this, guys. I'm not a huge, huge Metallica fan, but everyone went nuts when fucking that Saint Anger uh, album came out. Um, everyone was pissed off with the drum sound. I actually really enjoyed that album. I didn't enjoy any particular song start to finish, but the rawness of the album and the fucking sound of the drums, I kind of dug. Uh, and this album, I'm not talking about that shithouse St. Angus snare. I'm talking about the way like the the, dr- the, the bass drum was, was coming through and some of the top, like there's a bit of a rawness to the drum kit. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't fucking come at me saying it sounds nothing like St. Anger. I know it sounds nothing like fucking St. Anger. I'm trying to just draw a comparison between St. Anger and the one element of this album. And it's the kick drum. The kick drum reminded me of St. Anger a little bit, but it's played a hell of a lot better in this album, guys. The album's called Panther, and it's, um, it's pretty long, and it's a bit of a journey, guys. Um, the level of musical maturity in this album is, is 
it's worth listening to the album just to pick up on that, on the choices that these guys make, the pocket playing. The pocket playing is gorgeous. No one's overplaying anything. No one's fighting for space in that auditory spectrum. Um, it all sits perfectly. Good choices, great key changes, great chords, great textual layers with the, with the electronic elements and stuff like I mentioned. Um, and then the vocals come in over the top and they are a treat. They're an absolute treat over this kind of um, music, guys. Like, sometimes I get pissed off with fucking prog rock and prog metal because there feels like a bit of a disconnect between the energy of the band and the energy of the singer. Like, the singer's sort of just taken this song and just tried his best to sing big-ass melodies over the top or whatever, and it doesn't feel like they're, they're all sharing the same chemistry, if that makes sense. But that was not the case with this album. This singer is fucking cool as shit. He's actually like a serious rock singer. He, like, I, I don't want, again, don't want to draw a comparison, but there are elements of his singing that reminded me of Chris Cornell, right? That's a, that's high price. That's a, that's a great thing to say about a singer is that you're, you're a bit like Chris Cornell. And I'm not even a big Chris Cornell fan. This guy, to me, actually had a bit more creativity in his vocals than Chris Cornell. He had the, he had the fucking pipes, and he had that big-ass range, but he's also got this soft, soft uh, falsetto sort of side to it. And then he's also got this real creative sort of rhythmic side um, down low and, and everything in between. There was heaps going on vocally in this album that just was like surprising choices, but worked surprisingly well if that makes sense. Like, holy shit, you don't expect to hear vocals like this over this kind of music, but you do hear it and it makes sense, right? And it's only in reflection, you're like, wait a minute, that was nothing like what he was singing like two songs ago or whatever. But don't fucking come into this album with expectations. Just enjoy the fucking ride. It's really, really cool. Even the title track, Panther, like it's no way near like the biggest song, like, like a massive hook fucking single that you'll plug the shit out of and that's the thing that's going to sell the album it's not like that it's like an anti-climax that song itself is probably like the least heavy and intense song on the album but jesus it's gorgeous and it's creative and it fucking doesn't do what you would expect a song to do so please check it out guys the album's called panther the band is called pain of salvation that album was from 2020 I know it's a little bit old, but if I give you guys a couple of new albums and like an old one, like it's new to me. I hadn't heard this album before this week. Liam had just messaged it to me saying, hey, you know, fucking I'd like to hear your thoughts on this album. And I, I think it's a bit un unsatisfied with my responses through texts because it'll just be something like really cool, man. And that's what I mean. But, you know, obviously I can break that down a little bit more on this podcast. I give you guys my raw thoughts spread over a bit more time. And that's what it is. So check out these albums from this week, guys. The Pain of Salvation one, the Jungle Giants Love Signs album, uh, Foo Fighters, Bee Gees covers, or whatever their new album's called. It's the B DGs. They call themselves the DGs. It's the alter ego of the Foo Fighters. And in my opinion, a little better than the Foo Fighters. But uh, that's just because I'm not a huge fan of the Foo Fighters. You know what's weird about the Foo Fighters is fucking, like, Dave Grohl being part of Nirvana has the least Nirvana attitude in the world. You know? That depressing kind of like grungy 
want to kill myself sort of Kurt Cobain attitude. Dave Grohl's just a fucking ray of sunshine, isn't he? Singing Bee Gees covers. Kurt Cobain is fucking rolling over again in his grave. So now he's back upright. But who knows? <laughs> it is what it is. I'm not saying it's disrespectful because I didn't know either of these guys. I love Dave Grohl. It's fucking, he's too nice. Too nice. Too nice to represent grunge rock, to be honest with you. We need some fucking more actual rock stars in this rock scene these days because they're all just fucking really nice guys. It's almost like it's a, a Hollywood trick that rock music is actually made of angsty people because it seems to be made of fucking really pleasant gentlemen. Anyway. It is what it is. Like I said, I didn't get into too much music uh, of my own creating this, this week. I was playing a bunch of guitar and shit like that, but not recording anything, just fucking around. Um, but I did do a little bit of work, maybe, on that little... You know that song? It was just like a couple of chords. It was that... I called it hijinks or whatever. It was that one that had fucking... I put a bunch of fucking Tim Dillon uh, spoken word samples over the top of it or whatever, just to make it a little bit more entertaining. Um, so I'm going to chuck that one up again because I w want someone out there to ignore the vocals, ignore the Tim Dillon rants that go over the top of it, and just think if there's anything else that could go over the top. Maybe a good, cool guitar solo, maybe some cool riffs, maybe some vocals yourself or anything like that. And if it inspires you, let me know. You guys know how to hit me up. You can email me, uh, scott at thejamroom.com.au. That'd probably be the best way because then I can email you this track and you can... Sing your vocals over the top, send it back, and we'll put it on this podcast. But um, all I did with this track, I, I think I chucked in a little bit of bass and edited some vocals here and there. That's, 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 that's about it. But it, it's something. i got more work to do because I do want to experiment with the bass a little bit to make it sound a hell of a lot better. I literally just did this and bounced it down just before the recording this podcast. Haven't had a chance to really proof listen to it properly yet with good speakers, so it might sound like absolute shit. If it does, my apologies. But it is what it is, and I'll fix that up. That's what the whole point of this jam room is, is that I get to show you fucking god-awful music and then maybe fix it up later on or abandon it. Remember, guys, music's never fucking finished. It's only ever abandoned. This is the, uh, this is the jam room podcast, guys. We have some interviews coming up for you guys soon. Over the next uh, couple of episodes, you'll get to hear from some new cool artists to check the fuck out. Um... In the meantime, have yourselves a great week. Uh, remember to get in touch with all your suggestions, recommendations, and um, albums you, you think are fucking cool and that I should check out because uh, until it comes across my radar, I don't even know what's out there, right? So, uh, yeah, anyway, here's the little song, Hijinx, with uh, Tim Dillon's vocals and some extra bass from last time. Have a great week, y'all. This is the Jam Room Podcast. Why did you turn me